Hi there, I'm Erin Kraber. I'm a marketing professional with a passion for building a community of industry-leading women navigating careers and motherhood at the same time. Every week, I'll be sharing tips and tricks to help women grow their local businesses, build their personal brands, and be leaders in their communities, and sharing the stories of women who make it happen while keeping the kids healthy and the house still standing. This is a place for honest conversations among women about business and motherhood. Welcome to Motherhood Merged. Hey there, welcome into this week's episode of the Motherhood Merged podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kraber, and today I'm going to share a little bit more since I am just over one month into my next big adventure. In January, I decided to become part of the Great Resignation, I'm using air quotes, Great Resignation, and leave my corporate job behind to go all in on my big goal of opening a retail dancewear store. After months of hard work, the store officially opened on May 24th. I haven't talked a ton about my experience just yet, so now seems like a good time to share some of the highlights of my transition into small business ownership, and more specifically, a brick and mortar retail boutique. Before I dive in, I wanna say that my decision to leave my corporate job wasn't a quick one. I had a 17 year career in an industry that I loved, loved for many years. It wasn't really one thing that I can point to that caused me to look elsewhere. And it also wasn't that I had some burning desire to open my own store and just finally decided to do it on a whim. I didn't leave on bad terms or go out in some blaze of glory. There really were a lot of different factors that led me to make a massive shift, not just for myself, but for my family as well. To be honest, there's a lot there that I'm still processing, and I'd rather hold off on discussing that until I can do it justice. Everyone's experience is different, and let's be honest, as working women, we are going through a lot. So I want to talk about that when I can come from a more objective perspective and give some action items that will actually be helpful for someone who is considering or having some of the same experiences that I had. That being said, what I do want to talk about is a couple of the key factors and checkpoints I had to cross prior to the grand opening event itself. In episode 64 of the Motherhood Merged podcast, I shared some insights into the process of building my business plan and all of the learnings there. That episode hit on the why behind the decision to go with the brick and mortar retail space and the strategies I walked through to get the financials in order. I shared that episode about a month prior to opening. So this episode will be the part two, just over a month post opening. Hosting a grand opening event felt like a really big milestone and I knew it was important to define what ready meant for me in this specific situation. I sort of equate being ready to open the doors on a brand new business to when you're pregnant and everyone asks if you're ready. I think it's the worst question ever because of course you're not ready. My to-do list was long and my wish list even longer. But once I committed to a date, I was committed, like locked in. This might not be true for every business owner, 
but it felt important to me to be open consistent and regular business hours from the grand opening moving forward. I didn't want to have an event and have to say, hey, thanks for coming. Come back in a few weeks when I'm 100% ready for you to buy stuff. Nothing wrong with that approach at all, but it just didn't feel right for me and my specific timing. It was a matter of determining what was a must-have in order to open for business, a nice-to-have, and the things that could be done after the opening itself. One disclaimer here to note is that I had a stretch goal in my head of being open for business in early May. I wanted to capitalize on the high volume of dance recitals and showcases that happened during that time of year. And as I moved into the process, I had to get creative because it just wasn't going to happen. It was partly due to some of the factors I'll get into, but also my own personal schedule. I just couldn't open a store on my own and also manage the end of year school craziness of my kids. I spent over 40 hours the first week in May at my girls' dance recital, dress rehearsal, the show itself. There's definitely no way I could have run a retail store with regular hours during that time. I had to give myself some grace and be realistic on that front. Add in the award ceremonies, class parties, softball travel team, and I just realized it wasn't worth stressing myself out over. And I feel like that shows some personal growth there, so I'm proud of myself for not pushing it. As I was approaching that point about a month out, I registered as part of my local chamber of commerce. They were very enthusiastic in getting an event on the books, so within about a week's time, they'd set a date, time, and an agenda for a public ribbon cutting at the store. The event planner in me appreciated their efficiency, but the business owner in me was absolutely freaking out. When it came down to it, I had three major checkboxes to complete before I was comfortable to host the grand opening and ribbon cutting event. The chamber helped me navigate the required permitting and certificate of occupancy process, so that part ended up being super easy. But the big item on my list was that the physical space needed to be complete. There were a lot of steps that went into crafting the look and feel of the physical space. I chose the location for my store because it was the best mix of location, affordability, and structural design that could do what I wanted it to do, I guess if that even makes sense. I knew whatever location I chose to rent was going to be in need of updates, but I didn't have a giant budget to be tearing down walls or adding a bunch of things to get it where I wanted it. It needed to be turnkey enough. I worked with an interior designer to narrow in on the look and feel for the space. I did determine the must-haves like fitting rooms, storage, ADA compliance, and things like that. Then I bid the project out to find a contractor that could make recommendations on the design finishes and the specifics to get me to the finish line in the timeline I wanted. In order to be open for the public, I had to achieve a certain level of completion on the physical space. It was a painful process at times, but thanks to the hard work of the contractors and my husband and my designer, we got it to a place that I was really happy with. The space was light, bright, clean, furnished, and branded. No one knew I painted the wood etched logo the night before, 
and stuck it on the wall the morning of the event. And if I didn't tell you, there was no way you would have known that the final countertop on the checkout counter wasn't the finished product and that the majority of the signage wasn't installed. It photographed well and, more importantly, it was exactly what I had envisioned. Even not totally finished. The next piece has probably been the steepest learning curve, and that is getting the inventory. When the doors open, I needed the store to be full of items to buy. I expected to run into some product delays, but I had no idea just how much of an issue it would be to get enough product in the space to make it look full. Again, I didn't want to open the doors and invite customers in to buy, but be forced to tell paying customers that I didn't have what they needed. There are a few items I consider staples that I had to work really hard to get in and find alternates when option A or B, or in some cases option C, just couldn't be done. I started this early, or as early as I was comfortable spending money, but it was still really tough. The week of the event, I was able to get a variety of items and spread them out among the racks and display tables to ensure the space looked full. I also strategically used one of the front display tables as a marketing table of sorts, so it wouldn't be an empty space. Instead, it had flyers, my press kit, and some branded promo items for people to take with them. This leads to the third and final piece I had to wrap my arms around before I opened the doors, the marketing processes. Obviously, there's the marketing of the opening event itself, but it was really important to me to have some basic plans in place for capturing leads and information from that point moving forward. Marketing is my area of expertise, so creating simple systems and automations from the start really didn't take me a lot of time. I spent some time mapping out the customer experience workflow and how I wanted the whole experience to feel for my customers. My retail outlet is very niche, so I'm speaking to a relatively small group of people. Dancers, parents of dancers, and coaches slash teachers slash studio owners. Covering my bases to ensure I had information ready to hand out or a place online to direct them to for more engagement was key. I picked a few efforts I wanted to focus on, and that was sharing my custom order option for teachers and studio owners. I printed catalogs and had samples for them to see at the grand opening, plus an appointment scheduling tool ready to go to take meetings. For dancers, I ordered small little lip balms with my logo on as a giveaway. And for parents, I created a free online guide for upcoming recitals they could download if they provided their email address. In order to be successful with email marketing, I spent time getting that ready. I'm using the free version of MailerLite, which I'm familiar with and a big fan of. And I set up some simple automations and list building strategies, like a pop-up for my website and a basic landing page customers can use for more information. Again, this stuff is my jam and it doesn't take me a lot of time to set up. And that may not be the case for everyone, but there's value in getting help with this if it feels intimidating because this front end work has already paid off big time in the month I've been open. So what did the grand opening event look like and how did it go? 
The event itself was set for 1 p.m. on a Tuesday, which also happened to be my girls and many other kids' last day of the school year. Not exactly ideal, but I didn't know in advance that the Chamber of Commerce only does ribbon cuttings on Tuesdays, so I was one event in the day's lineup for them. They marketed the event really well, and I had about a 10-day runway to do my own marketing for the event, which included invitations out to area dance studios, posting on social, and all of that good stuff. It was a hot and rainy day, and I was super nervous, but honestly, the whole thing was awesome. The program included guests from the city council, remarks from the mayor of our city, an official ribbon cutting with the fancy giant scissors, a photographer, and even a live stream to the Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. I was asked to speak and to share my background and story behind the business, so it's definitely a good thing that public speaking and presenting on the fly doesn't bother me. Guests hung out and checked out the space, and most importantly, they bought stuff. It was much more emotional than I expected, and I was a little sad my mom and dad and my in-laws weren't able to be there. But my girls and husband were very involved, and I felt totally exhausted when the day was done. My social battery was dead, and my cheeks hurt from smiling so much. The grand opening of my retail store was the definition of doing it messy. Totally not my style at all, but I went for it. All gas, no brakes, to get the store open. Was it perfect immediately? No way. Is everything picture perfect and quote-unquote ready even now? Definitely not, but I am really happy with the process I created. I have no retail experience to draw on, but I have other experiences and a big vision to lean into. I think that's a good place to stop for this episode of the Motherhood Merged podcast. This is the month-in follow-up episode, and I'm sure I'll have more to share as I walk through the good, the bad, and the ugly with this massive career change from corporate marketing to retail entrepreneurship. As always, if you have additional questions about what I've got going on, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm usually hanging out on Instagram, or check me out online at erincraber.com. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Motherhood Merge. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I loved putting it together to share. If you want to know when a new episode drops, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice so the newest episodes are automatically queued up and ready to enjoy. I do have one small favor to ask. It will only take a minute and it will help this podcast grow and get in front of more women who need my brand of support. I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. Tag me on social at Aaron underscore Kraber with your feedback and I'll be sure to shout you out in return.